Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. In September, uh, we have got an exciting month ahead. Um, we have a series called Light It Up last year. Did everyone come along to Light It Up last year? And we had uh, various uh, topics. Uh, this year, we're going to be doing much the same thing, talking about body, soul, and spirit. And um, But the why for our Light It Up series is, yeah, it's, it's to put great education and teaching uh, into the life of our church. But it's also a month that we want to position ourselves to say, community, you're welcome. Come on in, friends, neighbours. You know, have this invitation and be a part of, uh, come and be a part of what church can look like. And some of these people may have never been into a church building. And it's really, it's going to be a non-threatening month for those ones that you're like, okay, I could... I could feel comfortable bringing someone to church in this, in this context. The first week, we've got Richard Black coming along, and he'll be talking about the mind. So he'd be, it'd be a great, you know, just think about that Sunday. Like, who can I get along? Because I think if someone comes that Sunday, they'll be really interested for those following three weeks. And then over the month of September, we're going to be actually just talking about um, random acts of kindness. How can we light up our world? How can you light up your world with your workplace, neighbours, you know, even as your life group? your connect group? What can we do as a group to be a blessing? Can we do some baking? Can we do something? Can we come and clean the mezzanine at Thrive Church, take a load to the dump? Oh, that's a word from the Lord. Any life group leaders want to do that? Guys are selfish. No. (laughs) Joking. But serious, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're we're excited about uh, yeah this coming this coming um, month or the month of September, and also in other in other news, um, this last Tuesday, Deb and I were set in um, by Andrew Parrington and Wiz. Um, Chambers as our as the regional leaders here in Canterbury uh, for New Life Churches. So just a little bit of ha- family news here. So we um, have been set in with this position to really bring help, bring oversight, pastoral care, and support for. Um, there's about five or six different New Life Churches uh, in this region. So it is a little bit. It's a step up for us. It's a bit of a woo expansion. What is this going to look like? Sometimes you don't know what it's going to look like until you step out. But we had a real sense that God was leading us uh, in this season to make that step. So it's, yeah, and, and I really believe that it's a step for the church. It's for all of us as individuals to go, okay, what's my part in being a blessing for this this church and this family and your friends here, but then um, spilling into Christchurch, into Canterbury, because we have a, we, we like God's a big God. He's not just thinking what's happening at the end of Lineside Road. He's going like, what's, you know, what's going on? You know, how can we together lean in and, and be a real light and blessing? And actually in Canterbury, we've, we've got something pretty special going on in the context of our new life churches here. Um, and so we're excited to be serving Adam and Anita White uh, in this, who, are, who pastor in Kapiti and then oversee our, our New Life Church movement nationally. And so we are very much, it's all about how can we serve you guys as our, uh, as our, as our national uh, leaders. And so, yeah, we're, ex- we're excited to be doing this. And so I want to share a prophetic word from uh, Janet Chambers, who um, we, there was about half an hour of prophetic words for us, so it was really cool. But um, I, I love what Janet said because I, it just really spoke to me for the context of our church and our family and, and that God is 
for us. You know, like he's got, he's got this, he's got this, you know, it's like he's, he's got your life, he's, he's got your back, he's really excited uh, for you. And, and so this is, this is the word, this is what she spoke. She said, I saw you stepping up to the plate to bat in a baseball game. And as you went up there to bat, I saw that all the bases were loaded. There was someone in place for everyone uh, of the bases, and it felt like the pressure was coming on you. I looked at you, and you were wondering, am I going to get a curveball? What's this ball going to do as it comes towards me? But then I saw the Lord take the ball, and He stood before you, and He said, I'm not going to send you a curveball. That's good, eh? We don't, yeah, like just straight and true. And this is where I believe this is for you, the people of Thrive Church. You're going to hit it out of the field. You're going to hit a home run so that those on the other bases, the other churches, the other people in Canterbury, and as we hit it out of the field, they're all going to come home. They're all going to win. And I just I just think it's God's got the grace for us to hit the ball out of the park in this season. You know, like he is not going to give us a lemon. He's going to give us something. Whatever. He's a good father. You know, he's a good father. He is the father of heavenly lights who loves us and every good gift comes from him in life. So we love this church. We love you. We love our town, our region. We um, have a dream of becoming big. We really do. And I know that in the journey of becoming big, it all gets uncomfortable. We all end up losing our seat at times and feeling, where do I fit in the context of this growth? And we, we will do our best to make sure that we're pastoring everyone in this church. That's what we want to do. We, we talk about taking, being on the front foot, and we want to be on the front foot towards you um, as we believe God's leading us in growth. But that, and we're going to meet if you're on the front foot as well. If you're leaning in, if you're someone who comes along bringing joy to the house, bringing friendship, and I know sometimes it's hard to walk into a room full of strangers and people you don't know very well, but I want to encourage you that everyone here is for you. You know, on a Sunday when you come in the door, we love you. You're loved already, and we want to make connection, and people want to connect with you. And, and I hope today that everyone in this room would not, you know, would feel connected. You wouldn't come in feeling isolated and leave feeling isolated, no matter where you are in life, but you would actually feel embraced by the Father, embraced by community, because we are, we're for you. We want to reflect His love. We, you know, we're, we're only loved because He first loved us. And then, and then we can be known for our love. The, the, the church of Rangiora and the churches, you know, the great churches around this community would be known for their love. You know, everyone wants to be, everyone wants to be a part of that. Like, I want to, I want to come and be a part of you know, this party that's happening in, in North Canterbury. So, yeah, we, we think that God's just just amazing. And you guys are amazing. And there's a collision between heaven and earth coming in, the, in this season. So, hey, um, I've got a word here this morning uh, from Matthew chapter 2. And um, this is a little bit of a prophetic word I hope that you can take for your own life. It's also for our church family. But God just wouldn't leave me alone uh, with the scripture. And so I didn't go to this word with a, I'm going to speak about this topic. This is very much a scripture that God just um, said, you know, speak from this and we'll see where it goes. So here we go. Matthew chapter 2 says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, 
Where is the one who has been born the King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was going to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For you, uh, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the, called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When, the star, when they saw the star, isn't that incredible? The star went ahead of them, and, and, and then it stopped. Um, and when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with, the, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is usually told at Christmas time, this story. But I just believe that God's speaking a clear message about the rising of his star in this season. And at this time, he created this phenomenal sign in the heavens that sent a clear, visible message to anyone who was looking, I believe. Well, at least to these, the Magi. And I'm not sure how many people noticed the star. I'm not sure who was leaning in and looking and going, what's the answer to my world's problem? But these guys, these guys from a different, you know, a different faith, a different location, a different experience in life saw this star and they became captivated by this star. It drew them to a nation. It revealed to them a couple of things. It revealed to them that, that this star was connected to someone, that this star was connected to a sovereign king that deserved their attention. This star also revealed to them and led them to a specific location. It led them, it said, these, these are the coordinates that you need to set your compass in life it was so captivating and distinct that they were drawn from their homeland all the way to Bethlehem. And I guess in the last, you know, that, that as they were, you know, they were in Bethlehem and they probably knocked on a few doors, you know, are you responsible for that in the sky? You know, like what's going on? It's so clear that this is a sign to us. It's so clear that this message is, is speaking to us and, and it was worth for them to sacrifice their time and, and, and to prepare, you know, gifts. You know, it was just a star. It was just a, a shiny light. <laughs> but to them, God was speaking this message of promise and hope and destiny over. And I want to 
prophesy that over our community. That our community, those ones who are believing and leaning in and looking for the best solutions and answers in life would be captivated by the star that's rising over North Canterbury, by the, the, the revelation, by the glory of God that is actually being projected from the Christians of this community, from the churches of this community, that our community would start noticing What's happening in heavenly places? What's happening in heavenly realms? And, and then I love it that meanwhile, you know, back in the bat cave, there's Mary and Joseph. <laughs> meanwhile, they had no idea that these guys were on the way. They had no idea that God had put this powerful star in the heavens, this beacon of hope over their lives as an invitation, and they had no idea probably that the star was even there. <laughs> Isn't that, I never thought of that. I was like, wow. They were, they were there doing what they needed to do and raising their little one, and, and they were carrying promise in their life. <laughs> Heck. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, let's get under the spout where the glory comes out. And a lot of saliva, apparently. <laughs> oh, I love what was going on in the context of this story that Father God was creating a giant setup. He wasn't setting up something, you know, we would think, oh, like I've been set up, I've been pranked, I've been like, oh, Murphy's Law, you know, oh, here we go again. <laughs> the Father is setting something great up over your life. I want you to consider that God is setting up something spectacular behind the scene of your life that you have no idea. Something incredible that is going to draw people into your world. Something amazing of the glory and the goodness of God is in your future. If you can't feel it right now and you feel like, man, I'm just like Mary and Joseph and I'm raising my little boy here and I, you know, I've got, and maybe they weren't in the stable at that time, but they were just going through the motions of life and all the while there's this star drawing <laughs> the magi from another land to them because God was setting something incredible up over their lives. And yes, it was the Christ child. It was the child of hope and promise that Mary carried. But, uh, you know, in each one of our lives, isn't Christ in me the hope of glory? Isn't Christ in you the hope of promise? Isn't His preeminent purposes over your lives going to be the thing that actually draws and creates momentum of His love in your world, bringing, attracting community, attracting angelic, attracting the presence of heaven around your life. You are not set up to fail. You are set up for success if you're a child of God. And sure, life's going to, man, sometimes life does throw curveballs at us. But if God's throwing it, it's not going to be a curveball. I remember... Um, I used to do a lot of bus trips up Mount Hutt, uh, Porter Heights uh, in, in the snow ski season. Um, 
good friend Chris Diarth, who was a pastor of this church. We ran North Canterbury Youth Services for years, and and uh, we'd, we'd do about six trips up to the snow every year, and I was driving, it, it was like a 60-seater down, um, down Mount Hutt, and the weather had turned really, it had just turned bad, and it, the wind had come up, it was really icy, and we were in convoy going down, um, we had chains on the back, which is just a nightmare putting on a bus. Uh, and, and so we were just taking it really slowly. And I had, there was another bus in front of me, and there was probably the distance of about five to ten metres. Um, there was a good safe distance. And then we got to a really steep part of the road. And, and, um, and as we we're approaching this steep part, the bus in front stopped. And so I just applied gentle pressure to the brakes and nothing happened, and we were skidding into this bus. And uh, Chris was next to me, try this, try that, try it. And we were trying everything. We were turning, turning the wheel, trying the air brake, the, the door, everything was going. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, and we got right up to this bus, and it was like we were still moving fast, to, you know, like at speed to hit it. And at the last moment, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to say it was an angelic visitation. The whole bus just came right in behind it, and then it, it just, everything shifted to the left, and we went up beside it. it. It was contrary to what I was doing with the steering wheel and everything in that moment. It just made no sense. And I, I just, I thought of that in worship today, and I just thought, man, what, what you know, could, could be an accident and something that could have been harmful, and there could have been a few bruises. It just suddenly there was, God got in the mix, it seemed like, and there was safety. And there, was, and, and there wasn't an accident. And that's the kind of God that we serve. He intervenes in our lives. He goes ahead of us. He goes before us. It says this in Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, The Lord Himself goes before you, and He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Yes. <laughs> Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid about your Monday. Do not be discouraged about where you're at in life at the moment. He goes before you. Get this. Your life has been set up for promise. It has been set up for promise no matter what is going on. He is preparing a place of honor for you. If you feel dishonored with your life, then that is yesterday's news. That is irrelevant to who you are in Christ. You are honored as a child of God today. You are worthy and you are righteous and holy and blameless. He has made a way for you. He's made a way for you if you're sitting here broken or your body's feeling old. He wants to, you know, he wants to renew your youth. He has made a way for your healing. That is the kind of God we serve. He wants to bring new levels of wisdom into your life. The Bible says that heaven's wisdom looks like this. It's it's pure, it's full of joy and peace. And you know, like heaven's wisdom is a thing and He can bring divine wisdom and promise into the context of your lives. He is so strategic around you. He's thinking of your business and the connections that He has in the future lined up for you. He is so connected to our worlds and he wants to and and if you today even in the context of like I don't know God's love I don't feel God's love in my life Jesus made a way for you to be connected to the heart of love in the father and he he doesn't want you just to go well I've had that revelation and and be good with that he wants to give you a greater revelation of his love he wants you to know more of His goodness. 
He wants you to be refreshed in the success of His love today. He is setting you up because no matter how bad it's been, Romans 8 tells us that He works all things together for good for those who loved Him and are called according to His purpose. Don't hold on to the hurt. Give it over to Him. Give it up. He can always do something so much greater if we give it into His hands than what we could do with it if we're holding it on to ourselves. And I say that with gentleness because I know that it's hard and life's challenging uh, as well and there's so many different seasons in life that we face. But He, is, <laughs> he, he calls us to never lose our hope. It's the three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. And if we can't come back and recalibrate eventually around hope, no matter what we've been through, then we end up living in despair. And that is not God's call for your life. That is not the Father's best for you or your family. And so if you are in a place where you've been, I realize I've just been camped around despair, then I just want to encourage you to just go on a journey like help me hope again. Help me hope again. Just turn to your neighbor. Just encourage them. Just tell them, God's got your back. God's got this. You're awesome. Give them a shoulder rub. (laughs) This star, this star that appeared over Bethlehem, was the sign of the arrival of someone extraordinary. But it was also a sign of hope and favor breaking into the world. It was a whole new paradigm for connection with God. In Isaiah 60, 1 to 5, it says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. And if we just go back to the start, because that ends well. (laughs) That ends, you know, there's wealth. There's a full heart. There's people looking at your life and going, I want that. You're attractive. But if we rewind that to the first verse, it says, Arise and shine for your light is come the glory of the lord rises upon you you know it's telling us to get up <laughs> it's telling us the first thing to do is to stand up into the glory it's to stand up into who christ is in your life it's to not lie down and stay stuck in a place in your life but it's actually to take a step of faith and step out of that season into a new season of the light of Christ being present on your life. And then, wow, every area of our lives, our, our, 
our families, our wealth, our hearts, the riches of nations. If we're business owners, that's sounding attractive right there. <laughs> that's a good thing. The riches of nations will come. And I just prophesied that over Brungiora. Come on, that we'd be like a Bethlehem, you know, where we're like, come on, the glory of God over this town. I love everything that God's setting up in this story. And he's setting up this encounter for the Magi. And it is Magi, not Magi. I did a whole check on how to say it. I'm prepared. <laughs> Thank you. Most theologians, they say that they turned up around two years after Jesus was born. And the word um, magician was actually derived from the word magi or magi. I already told you it's that. <laughs> it's most likely, like I said, they have absolutely no connection to Jewish culture and they practiced another religion and they had a totally different worldview. However, they were, they were magnetically drawn to this place of encounter with the king of kings. And as they were physically drawn, they, they could see, they saw with their eyes, they saw that there was there's something on that star, there's something on, I need to change location. And, it's, and then something happens in their hearts on the journey. And then when they walk into that place where Jesus is, the first thing they do is that they bow down. They bow down and they worship him and they give him glory. And it's just such an, imagine people in our, in our city, in our town coming in and, and receiving Jesus just like that. That happens. That happens. And I just prophesy that that's going to happen. People are going to start dreaming about Jesus and they're going to have angelic encounters in the night. Like your neighbors are going to start going, what's the star? What's the shininess around your life? And it's going to point towards Jesus. There's this incredible, beautiful collision that's been set up with the message of Christ not just being available for Jews, but actually it's the message for the Gentiles. It's the message for all nations, for those who, who, who practice another religion. They, they discover Jesus in the context of family. They're brought into this family and they have a home church meeting. I don't know. They just have this meeting where, where Jesus is worshipped and they're not even from the same worldview with their tattoos and piercing. These, these people maybe with addictions, these people who have taken my seat on a Sunday morning. They've, you know, these people that have moved in next door, these people who speak a lot of French, you know, these people that annoy me taking up room in my personal space. <laughs> you know, we're called to expand our hearts so that it can be a beautiful collision <laughs> that the God set up can be realized and activated in our lives. God had said to Joseph and Mary's great, 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 how many great grandfather, father Abraham, he said something. He said, you, your, your offspring, it's going to be massive. And he took him outside and he said, look at the stars. Look at the stars. The, the, the number of your descendants are, are going to be so 
much light, so plentiful, so incredible. It's going to be like the stars in the sky. And then he said, and, and I'm going to, so I'm going to bless you. I'm going to release a blessing on your life. I'm going to release a top line blessing for you from the top shelf. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you to be able to see this vision come to pass. And then he said, not I'm only going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing, bottom line blessing. That's the bottom line. He has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. And I just want to take, you know, if you're to leave here today, two things for you to take home. The first one is that we have been blessed to be a blessing. See, that star wasn't the only star shining. The other stars in the story are Mary and Joseph. They were a part of the Abrahamic blessing. And so were they, they were the stars that I guess Abraham was looking at that night when God showed them. He's, you know, all these, these are the people. Well, Mary and Joseph were up there like you were up there ready to shine. And so that Mary and Joseph, they're not only, you know, like a geographical reference on the grid so that the Magi can come in and connect with Jesus. They, they didn't only just like provide that, but they were the ones, they were the people that welcomed these travelers into their world and into their home. And sometimes in our lives, like moving supernaturally, which just is like, that's where we want to go. We want to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. Sometimes moving supernaturally just, just starts with being super in the natural. <laughs> just doing something super practical. Doing something super awesome that actually makes room for somebody else's life in your world. And, and, and not every one of us is going to be able to, like not any of us can actually save the world and make a difference in all of the world. But we can all make a difference in somebody else's life. We are called to be release the blessing, to release the blessing. And those simple opportunities to invite people into our homes can actually be gateways of heaven to earth for somebody else's life. You just don't know what God's setting up. You don't know the star over your life, the glory around your life, and God is ready for it to break out. The second thing I just want you to take home today is that you're blessed. <laughs> you are blessed from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Life was happening for Mary and Joseph. You know, they were in the nappy trenches. We've been there. We had five children trying to make a business happen. Joseph's out there working every day. He's getting on with life. And all the while, God is hanging this beautiful neon sign of attraction over their life. God was setting them up for encounter. And your life may feel mundane and same old, same old. But don't discard that. Don't throw away your hope because God is setting up something beautiful over your life because you're blessed. He can't not bless you. He wants you to know the friendship of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know the revelation of how loved and how chosen and how significant you are. Just working up some courage to say something. 
<laughs> just um, recently, I had to process through something um, that just, it totally, it was totally left field for me. I'm someone, I like to win in life. I like to win in relationships. I like to win and, and feel like I've done my absolute best, you know, and, and see a good result because of it. And I had something that I just, I gave like 120% and there were some things that really, that I, I won in. But I still, I came away from it feeling defeated. A part of me just felt really like, I just feel defeated in this area. And it felt like my hope and was actually just like, I couldn't get it back in this area. And I, I felt like condemnation just kept coming back to me. You know, like when you're just like, no, you didn't do that well. And... Um, and then Debbie preached about two months ago and she said in this message that, you know, our best efforts are like dirty rags. <laughs> our best efforts actually in the context compared with God, they're just really, they're well done on trying, Glenn. <laughs> you know, you gave your best, but actually in the context of who I am and if Jesus was me, he would have done it differently. He would have done it incredibly and for me in that moment, that totally relieved me from all condemnation around this thing that I couldn't get free of. And my hope returned. And I was just like, let's do this. <laughs> let's get free. And, and, and I, just, I just kept thinking of that this morning during my message. And if you're here today and you're just like, man, I feel like I've given 100% and you're, you're looking to place your value on what you've done and it hasn't worked out and you're struggling with that thing that hasn't worked out, I just want to release you from that today. I believe God just wants to release you from the accusation of things that haven't worked out in your life and receive His abundant grace. Receive His promises and He takes each one of us as His wearers. And He's looking to the future with you. He's not looking to the past. We don't do life with the rearview mirror. We don't drive looking in the rearview mirror. We drive looking out the main window. And He wants to just throw that stuff in the sea of forgetfulness so that you can move on today because you are blessed. Let's stand, church. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media. 